The following message is brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church and Pastor Joshua Ermler. The Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 28, for our text reading this morning, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter number 28. This is going to be a a little bit of a unique service for for, for two reasons. Um, One, because of some of what I mentioned previously, we're just in a season as a church family there's a lot of people who are hurting. There's a lot of people going through difficulties and trials. And, and, and that's, that weighs on, on our hearts and on my heart. And uh, I will say this. Several times uh, over the last few weeks, I had to look into the face of someone I loved who passed, passed on to be with the Lord. And, and I'll just say this. When I went in the middle of the night, got that phone call when I was in bed, and found out that my good friend passed away, somebody I'd known for decades, um, went to the hospital. I remember as Barbara just leaned on my shoulder as we walked in to see her husband for the first time who had passed away, the weight of her body just collapsing in my arms and, and looking into Stephen's face. I, I don't know how else to say this, but it just it, it kind of causes you to see the world a little differently. Things that seem so important don't, don't seem quite as important. Kind of re, reorganizes, you know, like how you see the world. And, and so that's, that's weighing really heavily on my heart. And it's not just him, it's other families and people who are struggling. And then this is also the first Sunday of the year that we typically call Vision Sunday. It's an opportunity for us to, to look into the future of what God has for us collectively as a church. And... And so this is just kind of a a unique day for us because my heart is kind of a little bit, you know, struggling with all that's going on. And on the other hand, we're supposed to look forward to all that God's going to do. And so today, if you'll allow me, I just, I just want to, I just want to be really simple. And I wanted just to take an opportunity as a church family just to, to refocus on what we're about. Just really simply, really basic, and ask ourselves, What are we doing? What's the point of this? Why do we meet? Why do we go through this? And and, and this message today is not meant to be a rebuke. It's just meant to help all of us just refocus. And I, I, in some regards, just want to encourage us to keep doing what we have been doing and not grow weary in well-doing. We do that a little bit this morning, and I appreciate you just kind of following along with me. And I, I'm going to be honest, this is probably not going to be the most exciting, dynamic, inspirational, motivational message you've ever heard, but I just want to share my heart with you. And I, I hope that the Lord uses it in a way that uh, only he can. The gospel says in Matthew chapter number 28 and verse number 18, I want you to see this here. To give you some context, Jesus has lived his earthly life. He's done miracles, he's healed people, he has done the miraculous, and yet he's put on a cross to die. He's buried, and then three days later, he rises from the dead in this epic event that we celebrate on Resurrection Sunday. And so he spends 40 days with his disciples, and in this passage, he's getting ready to ascend to the right hand of the Father. And so in this passage, those Verses written in red. This is literally the very last command that Jesus Christ gives to those who call themselves believers. 
I want you to think about it for a moment. If you had one more thing to say before you passed away, it would be important. It would be, you'd, you'd think about it. This is the last thing that Jesus says to you and the last thing he says to me who are believers. And I want us to read it. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 28 verse 18 says this. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus says, I'm the authority, I'm in control, I'm in charge. And if you have the Spirit of God within you, that power flows through your veins also. And because that power flows through you, what is our response to that? Verse number 19. Therefore, because there's this power available, go. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. You're going to see that word a couple of times, all baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Notice this, teaching them to observe, here's the word again, all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then he gives us this wonderful promise, and lo, I, I'm with you always. Jesus says, you're, you're not alone. My power is going with you. My peace is going with you. My grace is going with you. You're not alone. I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. This passage here is called the Great, the Great Commission to Believers. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Because it is our Vision Sunday, let me just remind you, we've been saying this for a decade or more, so for those of you who've been around, let me repeat. Our vision is very simple. We want to glorify Christ collectively as a church. This is what we're about, to glorify the person of Jesus Christ. That's our vision. From a 40,000-foot view, that is what we are trying to accomplish, to not glorify a pastor, glorify a denomination, glorify a local church. No, we're here to glorify the person of Jesus and, and notice this, and see God's word change lives. I am under no illusion that my ability can change lives. I'm under no illusion that Pastor Nick or our other teachers can ultimately be the one that changes a life. Our ministries, whether those be ministries of service, whether those be those opportunities in and of ourselves, we can't change lives. Ultimately, I can get this. It is God's word that is quick. It is God's word that is powerful. It's God's word that's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It is the word that ultimately is what changes a life. Not a personality, not a program, not an event. It is the word that changes lives. The Bible says, my word will not return void. It will accomplish what it's set forth to do. I, in of myself, can't change a life, and you, in and of yourself, can't change a life. No matter how noble your deeds are, no matter how dramatic your service is, it is the word of God that ultimately changes changes people on a deep level. You can't change people's motives. God's word can. You and I can't change people's values and their priorities. God's word can. You and I can't change beliefs. God's word can. We can't change worldviews and how people perceive the things around them, but God's word can. And so we see it's our desire to glorify Christ and see God's word change lives. In such an incredible way that no honest history of the Central Valley could be written without mentioning the impact of the church upon the city of Fresno. We're not here to play games. We're not here to be a religious social club. 
We're not here to all look alike and talk alike and sound alike and create a little click of a club that pats each other on the back. No. By God's grace, we're here to make an impact, to fulfill the, the great commission. And here's my heart. Probably more intensely than at any point before in my ministry here. It is my prayer and my hope that we as a church family, this service at 11 o'clock and the early service at 9.30, that our church would grow deeper in spirituality this year. That this would be a year of deep spiritual growth for you as an individual, for your family, and for our church congregation. And I, I deeply believe that what we're going to talk about today is one of the conduits of God's grace for maturing us deeply as believers. And it's this idea of discipleship. Jesus gave one command, go, teach, evangelize, disciple. That is what we're called to do, and we're going to unpack that thought today. So if you've got a service program on your way in, you can pull that out. We're just going to do a Bible study together, talk through this. And I pray that God would use this to just challenge and refocus our hearts today. I want you to notice, first of all, the ministries of the believers. The ministries of the believer. I want you to see today that there are two primary different types of ministries that God talks about in the scriptures. Two ministries. He talks about ministries of service. Number one, ministries of service. If you want to write that down, write it down. Ministries of service. You say, what's ministries of service? Man, praise God for ministries of service. We have individuals who serve in ministries of service right here in our church family. We have folks that are greeters and when visitors come to our church and guests come to our church, those, those, those people, they provide a ministry of service to welcome them and to encourage them and to, to help them and they're involved in this ministry of service. We have people who are involved with, uh, with uh, the guest services just trying to answer questions and be a help and serve our church family. These are ministries of service. And then we have ministries of service outside of our walls where we as a church family go to try to minister to those around and I'm so thankful to know that we have a church involved in ministries of service even outside of our church walls. Every one of our connection group Bible studies are involved in ministries of service, what we call outreach ministries, and I'm thankful for our connection group leaders who lead in this, and they encourage our Bible studies to go and to be involved in these different ministries of service on a regular basis. We are down, and we're working at the Ronald McDonald House with serving these people who are hurting, who are going through difficult times with a ministry of service, and I'm thankful for it. I was encouraged to go through our Facebook feed, and I saw several of our different connection group Bible studies and some different families were out downtown feeding the homeless literally just on their own. Why? Because they want to be involved in ministry of service. We have connection group Bible studies that are going regularly to the uh, rescue mission just trying to serve those people in those ways and ministries of service. And I'm here to say this is something God calls us to do. He calls us to be involved in these ministries of service where we are serving those that are hurting, where we're serving those that are lost, where we're serving those that are homeless, that we're providing food and we're providing clothing and we're providing prayer and encouragement. These are ministries of service that God calls us to be a part of. 
But there's another type of ministry that I want to talk about, and that's ministry of the word. Ministry of the word. Write that down. Ministry of the word is where we as a church family take the word of God and we pour it into the heart of someone else. Everybody is called as a believer to be involved in ministries of service, but catch this. Every person in this room is also called, if you are a believer, you are called to be involved in ministry of the word. To take the word of God and pour it on a regular and consistent basis into the life of someone else. Taking the word of God and regularly and consistently pouring it into your children. Regularly and consistently taking the word of God and the things that you have heard and poured into the life of your teenagers. Taking the word of God and regularly and consistently and methodically sharing it with neighbors. Ministry of the word. Why? Because at the end of the day, it will not be our service that changes lives, but rather it will be his word that changes lives. Our service to people can open up their hearts, but it's only the word of God that changes it. And so we must be a people. Yes, we are called to be involved in ministries of service. We must keep serving the homeless. We must keep serving those in need. We must keep serving those who are hurting because they've got children in the hospital. We must keep serving one another. God calls us to be involved in a ministry of service. But let's not forget our ministry of the word. Taking the word and pouring it into the life of another person day in and day out week in and week out, methodically, consistently giving them the word, the ministries of the believer. I was reading this week, it was Randy Sturwalt that said this. He said, be careful to pour your limited time. How many of you have limited time? Raise your hand. How many of you just like, I got more time than I know what to do with. I'm kind of bored, Pastor. You know, you can tell me. No, I think most of us, he said this. So be careful to pour your limited time into people who never act on what you teach them. Teach teachable people. You say, well, where that, where's that in the Bible? 2 Timothy chapter number 2, verse 2. It's exactly what it's saying. Timothy is helping young Timothy and he's trying to encourage him in what it means to be a disciple. And he says this in 2 Timothy. He says, he says, these things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, Paul's saying, Timothy, those things that I've taught you, those things from the word that I poured into your life, he says this. He says, I did not teach you those things so you could have more Bible knowledge. I did not teach you those things so you could win scripture trivia. He says, no, there was a reason, there was a purpose. The things that I've taught you, he says the same things. Whatever it is you've been taught, Whatever it is you've learned, whatever it is you've taken in Bible studies, just take that and commit, notice this word, to faithful men. What's a faithful person? Somebody who's willing to take the word and teach somebody else the word. Let that sink in. This is why Randy says, be careful not to pour your limited time into people who have no regards to follow it. Paul, in the inspiration of scripture, says no. Yes, you pour into somebody's life, you pour into somebody's life. But if there comes a point where they're not growing in grace and the Spirit of God is not working, we need to go find a faithful man to pour the Word into. 
I'm thankful for there are people here today and, and you were available and surrendered and when people poured the word into you, you grew thereby. You're a faithful person who wanted to then take and teach others also. I'm currently going through Bible studies methodically with people right here in our church family and I'm so encouraged. I was with a guy this week and he's been saved maybe a year, two years or something and we're going through and I'm discipling him and trying to pour in the word day in, day out, regular basis and he told me this last time, he said, Pastor, I can't wait till I get to do this. I said, do what? Take the word just like you're doing with me and sharing it with somebody else. I can't wait. I said, God's going to answer that prayer. You say, why do you keep meeting with him? Because he's a faithful man. He has a heart to take and teach others also. Ministry of the word. The theologian Daddy Lewis, now this is D-H-A-T-I, not D-A-D-D-Y, Daddy, said this. Discipleship and ministry of the word, pouring the word regularly, methodically into an individual's life, day in, day out, day in, day out. He says is not just a ministry of the church. Greeter ministry is a ministry of the church. Man, uh, guest services is a, a ministry of the church. Parking lot is a ministry of the church. Working with the homeless is a ministry of the church. We have lots of ministries of the church. We have a lot of outreaches of the church. But I'm going to say this. Discipleship and ministry of the word is the ministry of the church. Taking the word of God and pouring it into a life. It's a ministry of the word. And it's not something just reserved for pastors. It's going to look different for all of us. The way it looks for you is not going to be the way it looks for me. It's not that all of you are going to stand on a stage and proclaim the word of God. It's not that all of you are going to lead a connection group Bible study. Not all of you are going to be evangelists. But every one of us are called in some way to take whatever it is we've learned from the word, whatever we've gleaned, whatever we have, and all of us as believers are called not just to be Christians who are saved. We're called to be disciples who disciple others. You say, what does that mean? Taking the word and pouring the word into the mind and heart of somebody else. And I'm thankful that we get to pour the gospel and pour, man, the good news and lead somebody to Christ. That's a part of the discipleship. But once somebody gets saved, then we take the word and we just teach them what we know. We just teach them what we've been given and pour that into their hearts and pour that into their life. I'm going to say this and I want us to hear this. I'm glad this is not indicative of our church, but I've seen this play out. In some churches, some churches are struggling because running ministries has replaced making disciples. As a church, as individuals, we are called the ministries of service. But the primary mission of the church as us, what is our mission? Three words, develop deeper disciples. To find people who are wanting to grow in the face and to pour our lives into them. You, you say, well, what about the homeless ministry? What about the greeter ministry? What about the coffee ministry? What about the parking lot ministries? What about these different ministries of service? We gotta keep doing them. But not to the neglect of ministry of the word. We've got to find faithful people that we can pour the word into. And I'm going to say this. If you find somebody and after two times of trying to pour the word into them and you're trying to help them grow and they're just not receiving it, can I say this? We have limited time. 
keep serving them, but go find somebody else who will receive the ministry of the word and grow thereby. Ministry of the word. So we see here, first of all, the ministries of the believer. There's ministries of service and there's ministries of the word. And God calls us to be a part of both. Secondly, the maturity process of the disciples. If you're taking notes, I want you to see the maturity process of the disciples. Um, The scriptures say this in Matthew 4, verse 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God uses his word to mature us. God uses his word to grow us. God uses his word to expand us. It is his word that changes lives. I'm thankful for service. I'm thankful for people wanting to sacrifice. But God uses the word to make a deep, radical change in the lives of an individual. And regularly taking the word and pouring it in and taking the word and pouring it in and finding people who are faithful, who are growing and responding and observing and to grow and to grow and to grow the ministry of the word. But how does this process work? If you'll allow me for a moment, can I use the illustration of um, eating in the physical realm? There's a couple stages when it comes to the physical realm. There's a stage in your life where you allow yourself to be fed. Right when you were born, you didn't feed yourself. You had to allow yourself to be fed. And after a while, you know, maybe your mom or maybe some of you who are parents, you've done this. You put the little peas on the little spoon. How many of you have done this? You played airplane with it. You fed your child. And your child had to allow themselves to be fed. And that was a part of their maturity. There's a part of their physical growth. If they wouldn't allow themselves to eat or be fed, how many of you realize that there would be issues with that child's health? So there is a stage in which we have to allow ourselves to be fed. But eventually, physically, that child gets to a place uh, where they learn to feed themselves. How many of you remember when your kids got to that place where they learned to find the pantry on their own, pour their own cereal, make their own sandwiches? Then they got to be teenagers and they ate everything. <laughs> Man, feeding themselves. Man, I have, I have a teenager... If my daughter was still demanding that I put her food on a spoon and play airplane into her mouth at 13 years old, you would be like, oh, Pastor, I hate to tell you this, but I think there's something wrong with your daughter. <laughs> Why? Because the natural maturity process is that, you, yes, you allow yourself to be fed, but there comes a moment where, you know what? You learn to feed yourself. It's the same way in the spiritual realm. A good place to start is to be in a position where you allow yourself to be fed. And I'm so glad every one of you are here today allowing yourself to be fed from the word of God. You're taking in the word. Some of you are involved in connection group Bible studies on a regular basis and you're allowing yourself to be fed the word of God through faithful Bible study teachers. And you're, you're allowing yourself to be fed. There's a lot of you in here who meet one-on-one in our discipleship you know, process. And every week or every other week, you're meeting with an individual mentor who's helping you grow in the word and you're allowing yourself to be fed the word. But can I say this? That's not all there is. There comes a point in the discipler's spiritual journey where they've got to learn to feed themselves. There comes a point where we need to learn to get the bread of life on our own. The Bible says in the book of Psalm, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste this for yourself. Experience this on your own. 
And in the spiritual realm, there comes a time where, man, we need to be able to get into the word ourselves and feed ourselves and study the word ourselves and and dive into the word ourselves to feed ourselves. Can I say this? If you only get spiritually fed on times where our church organizes it a few times a week, you might grow spiritually anemic. How many of you could imagine just eating three or four times physically every week? How many of you would be like, I probably get a little hangry? <laughs> How many of you be like, yeah, that would be me? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be a little weak. And then we wonder in the spiritual realm why, man, I, I go to church. Why do I feel so weak to temptation? Why do, I, why do I get so irritated so easily? Why is there no fruit of the Spirit in my life and there's no joy and there's no peace? Why, why am I not experiencing abundant life? It's because it's the Word of God. Man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We've got to learn to feed ourselves the Word. That's how we grow thereby. Consistently feeding ourselves. But in the physical realm, going back to our illustration, yes, a season where we allow ourselves to be fed, and we continue to do that all through our lives. I love it. I went home this week, uh, holidays, my mom fed me. I loved it. (laughs) That's still a great thing. I still feed myself, but in a lot of churches, feeding yourself is like the pinnacle of discipleship maturity. Like, man, you're, wow, that person reads the Bible on their own. They're just, they're just the pinnacle of a spiritual success. But as you go to the scriptures, you'll find that there's deeper maturity. In the physical realm, there comes a time where being a responsible human being who loves others, there comes a point, moms, you know what I'm talking about, where you've got to learn to feed others. How many of you moms ever cooked a meal for your family, made a sandwich for your kids? How many dads ever put some barbecue on? There comes a time where, you know what? It's time to give back. It's time to feed others. We'll have things around here and you'll bring food that you've prepared to share with others. And I say this, when it comes to the ministry of the word, spiritual maturity is not, doesn't stop at learning to feed yourself. You take what you've learned and you share it with your children and you share it with your teens and you pour it into your spouse and you give it to your neighbors and you find someone who on a regular and consistent basis is committed enough to take in the word like we read here in this verse who is willing to be taught to observe all things all things to observe it to do it and then to teach others also that's what we're looking for we serve everybody but we look for somebody that we can pour the ministry of the word in who's faithful and committed, who has a desire to take that and teach it to somebody else. Why? Because that's the stage. Allow ourselves to be fed the word. Allow ourselves here to feed ourselves the word. And then spiritual maturity, feed the word to others. Feed the word to others. That is the mark of a healthy church. One of the reasons I'm so excited about the future of this church is because the majority of our members, the majority of people who attend this church are involved in doing exactly this. Methodically and consistently taking somebody one-on-one or two-on-two and taking them through the word. And that is what gives me great hope for our future. 
because it's the last, it's what Jesus, it was his final concern. Yes, he wants us to be involved in ministries of service. He wants us to welcome people at the doors. He wants us to take food to people who are hungry. He wants us to clothe those who have no clothes. He calls us to be involved in ministry of service, but not to the neglect of ministry of the word. Ministry of the word. Um, there is a dimension of spiritual growth in our own lives. There is a dimension of spiritual growth that really only takes place when we are methodically and consistently sharing with somebody else. I'll say it this way if you want to write it down. Contribution is the key to continued growth. Some of you have plateaued in your Christian life and you're feeling like, oh, I'm, just, I'm just plateaued. I, I just, I'm, not just, I'm just not getting fed anymore. I just, I, and yet you're still at this phase right here. You sit, you come to church, you take in, you take in. I'm just not growing anymore because the way this whole thing has been designed by God is that in order to continue to grow, we've got to give it back. Contribution is the key to continued growth. And some of us have grown stagnant because we think taking in is the apex of Christianity. The more I know, the more I've learned, the more Bible verses, that's good. That's a big part of it. But it's given so we could teach others also. That's how we continue to grow. Not by necessarily getting more sermons in and more Bible lessons in. There's a place. These, we don't get past these things. We go deeper into them. Go deeper into allowing ourselves to be fed. Going deeper into feeding ourselves. Going deeper into feeding others the word. That is how we continue the growth cycle when we have grown stagnant. If you've come to a place in your Christian life where you've been going to church for years and you've been reading your Bible for decades and you feel like you've plateaued and you feel like it's stagnant, you feel like you're not getting fed anymore, it might be. There's another step for you. Because contribution, finding a faithful person and teaching them and pouring the word of God into them, it is the key to continued growth. Finding a child you can consistently pour the word into. Finding a neighbor that you can consistently pour the word. Finding somebody you go to church with that you can pour the word into. Can I say this? We have so many people in our church at the early service who are desperately looking for somebody to just pour the word into them. Somebody. You say, I... I wonder, and we see that. We see the maturity process of the disciple, allowing yourself to be fed the word, feeding yourself the word, feeding others the word, which brings us to the third thing here today. I want you to see ministry of the believer. I want you to see the maturity process of the disciple. Lastly, I want you to see the methodology of discipleship. Let me give you a method. This is a method, the methodology. Um, how many of you, I, I hate to you know, kind of make anybody feel bad. How many of you guys remember back in the days, so or maybe you're a little bit older, Back in the days when we used to use like travel agents, you know what I'm talking about? They had these little offices and you'd go to the travel agent's office and they'd have all the brochures to all the different places and you look through the brochure. If you're younger, you got Google, you don't even know what I'm talking about, all right? But back in the day, it's kind of how it was done. You went to his office, you grabbed a brochure, oh, and then you'd go, to the, you'd go over there to the travel agent and you'd be like, oh, I, want, I think I want to go here and they'd talk about it and, then, and eventually they'd be like, oh yeah, you want to go there and here's all the details of how to get there and this is everything you need to do to get there and this is all the things you need to be in order to get there and they'd, they'd make sure you were all ready to go and then they'd send you on your way, the travel agent. But how many of you have ever been on a trip or you've gone to a, a special site and, and, and you got connected with a uh, tour guide? Uh, 
we went up to Hertz Castle a couple years ago. And how many of you have been to Hertz Castle before? All right, you've been on some of their tours to Hertz Castle. Maybe it's just me. Those tour guides are some of the most excited tour guides I've ever seen in my life. They are just so pumped about what's happening there. They're just, this is so cool, and look at that. But here's what they do. They're always like, hey, come here, come here, come here, come here. Man, come here, come here. And then they teach him about these things. Oh, yeah, come, 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 come here, come here. Look, man, let me, talk, let me teach you about these things. And, oh, come over here, look at that, and let me, let me tell you all about it. Let me teach you about these things. I find that in our churches, we have a lot of travel agent Christians. Hey, go do that. Hey, go there. It'll be great. Oh, man, look at the big, I, I'm sure you'll enjoy it if you go there. For whatever reason, we don't have as many tour guide Christians. Hey, come with me. Walk with me. Let me tell you about this. Oh, I'm just so exciting. Look at that. Let me tell you about this. And, and a tour guide Christian. I, I, was, I was touring the world, and, and this is what God taught me. And, and come here, come here and watch and, and go in here and doing that. There's this tour guide. There's a few elements to authentic discipleship. It, it involves relationships. If you try to disciple without having an authentic relationship with somebody, it's very difficult. This is why ministry of service is really important. It helps you build a relationship. But if all you do is ministry of service and then not look for the people that you can pour into and who are receiving the word and growing thereby, people who can then teach others also, and all it is is serving and serving and serving. Jesus says, go find somebody who's faithful and serve them and disciple them as well. There's a relational element to it. There's also an educational element. We gotta teach them the word. Teach them to observe all things. That's what it says. Teach them to observe all things. How do they know how to do all things? Here's how they know. Because somebody poured the word into them and taught them it. Teach them. There's an educational element. And then there's a missional element to discipleship. There comes a point where if somebody's truly a disciple, they are then involved in ministry of word, the word too. It might not be like a pastor, it might not be like an evangelist, but on some level, they're taking the word and they're pouring it consistently and regularly into somebody's life who's committed, who has a heart to teach others also. That's the essence of discipleship. So I guess the question is, do we find ourselves, are we more like, are we more like the travel agent Christians? Oh, let me tell you all about the fruit of the spirit. It's right over there. Go get you some. <laughs> oh, salvation is over there. Or, or, or are we these tour guides that say, hey, come with me. Do life with me. Here, come to dinner. Here, let me serve you. Let me get to know you. Come to my home. Hey, and let me teach you. Know what I found out about God's word and just teach them what you know. You don't have to teach them. If you're a teenager in here, you can do this. You don't have to know everything. You just take whatever it is that you know and just share it with somebody else. I have found that over the years as I've talked to people, um, there's some reasons that people have a hard time with this. Um, so let me encourage you real quick as we, we conclude. Sometimes I've been talking to people and they'll be like, they'll say, they'll say this to me. They'll say, Pastor, I, I have a heart to, but I'm, I'm just not ready. They'll say that. I really want to. I have the best intentions. I'm just, I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. Can I say this? You're never really ready. But you're ready enough for someone you're ready enough for somebody. There's somebody out there who desperately would love to know from the word what the Spirit has taught you, either through you allowing yourself to be fed or feeding yourself. There's somebody that's, that you're, you know more of the scripture than. 
Did you know that? Every person in this room knows more of the scripture than there's somebody out in the world who knows less than you. And to share that with them. Um, people say, I'm not ready. Can I say this? How many of you, some of you are married? Anybody in this room married? I think I speak for all of us. When we got married, we weren't ready for it. And maybe you're the exception. Maybe you're the one person. You're like, yeah, day one, that was, that was good. It's perfect. And I'd like your spouse to stand up and give us a true testimony. You know, no, no. You know what made, you know what got you ready for marriage? Marriage gets you ready for marriage. You say, I'm not ready for discipleship. You're never going to be ready because discipling gets you ready for discipleship. Discipling is the training process to be good at it. You, yeah, you're not ready. Well, that's okay. Because doing it is what prepares you for it. Just like marriage, just like swimming. Nobody's like, all right, I want to learn how to swim, but I ain't touching that water. <laughs> you know how you learn to swim? You get down there with somebody and they say, and you get wet and you start flapping around. At first you're like, ah, you know, taking in all this water. Eventually you kind of learn how to stay afloat. You, you learn to swim by kind of swimming. Maybe having somebody there that's coaching you along. Sometimes I'll be, I'll be talking to folks and, and, and they'll say something like this. They'll say, I just don't know enough. I just don't know enough. When I know more, Pastor, then, then, then I'll, I'll, I'll be involved in ministry of the word, you know? I just don't know enough. And I say this a lot. You've heard me if you've been around here. It's not your job to fill up the Bible knowledge cup of somebody else. It's not your job. Here's what your job is, to just empty your Bible knowledge cup into them. Your job's not to fill them up. It's just to empty you. Whatever it is you know, whatever it is you've learned, whatever it is you're gleaning, that's your responsibility. Not to, not to totally, you know, it's not your job to fill up their cup and teach them everything. Just empty yours. Just empty yours. Just empty it. Um, sometimes people will say this, and I want to encourage you with this. Somebody, somebody says, I, I just, Pastor, I really, really want to be involved in ministry of the word, and I want to find somebody that I can teach so they can learn how to teach somebody else. I really, really want to. I have the best intention. But, you, but, but they say to me, I, I'm just afraid I might mess someone up. I might mess them up. And I don't want to mess somebody up. You're not powerful to mess up somebody's spiritual life. Not, not if you're trying to teach them the word. You know what? The reality is, ultimately, it's the Holy Spirit's job to lead people into all truth, not yours. You're just a conduit. Holy Spirit will take care of all of that. It's your job just to be a conduit of the word. The Holy Spirit is the one who ultimately sanctifies an individual, matures an individual. Allow yourself just to be a conduit of that. This, this is a big one. I want to encourage you with this. Sometimes see, people will say this, Pastor, want to, I'd love to, I'm on board. I'm just too busy just too busy. If you knew what was going on at work and with my family, da, 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 just, I'm too busy to be involved in ministry of the word. Too busy. This is going to sound very harsh and I do not mean it to be harsh. I literally don't. I just want to, I just, let, me, let me just challenge you for a brief moment and I hope this, I hope this comes from the right place of the heart. I want, to, I want to challenge you lovingly. When it comes to spiritual things, can we stop saying I'm too busy? 
I'm too busy for church. I'm too busy for ministry of service. I'm too busy for ministry of the Lord. I'm not saying you have to be involved in every ministry of service. You find one that fits your personality and fits your gift set. Not everybody's going to do homeless ministry. Not everybody's going to go down to the Ronald McDonald House. Not everybody's going to be involved in these different outreaches. We, we all find something for us. We're all called to be involved in ministry of the word. And we say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to go to church. Can I encourage you to start saying this? Just to be honest with yourself and say this. Instead of, I'm trying to do this myself. Instead of saying I'm too busy, here's what I want us to learn how to say. Just be real. It's not the highest priority right now. So when somebody says, hey, where are you at church? Don't say I'm too busy for church. Say, it's not the highest priority right now. Just be honest. Hey, let's, I'm too busy for ministry of the word. I'm just too busy. Just, just be like, it's not the highest priority right now. That's just, that's, let's just put the cookies on the bottom shelf. That's really what we mean when we say I'm too busy. It's just not the highest priority right now. I got other things. I think that'll force us to really wrestle with some of these spiritual things in our lives. Because at the end of the day, we do what we really want to do. We do, we have time for Disneyland and we have time you know, for going out to eat, we have time for coffee. We, we kind of mostly, you know, have time for what we value most. So let's just be honest with one another. So let's not stop, let's stop using the communication, I'm, t- I'm just too busy. I want to, I intend to, I'm too busy. Let's just, you know what, it's not, it's not the priority right now. You say that would be hard to say, but it would force us to be honest with ourselves. Here's another thing sometimes people say, well, pastor, I want to I be involved in ministry of the word and find somebody that I can pour somebody into. It's just, and it's, this sounds really noble. I'm just not where I need to be spiritually right now. <laughs> sounds so humble, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm just, just not where I need to be right now. I'll get there, Pastor. I'll get there. When I am, I'll, I'll pour. You know what I found in my experience? That one of the biggest things God uses in my life to get me to where I need to be is by pouring the word into people's lives. I just, I, I can't explain it. But as I'm pouring the word, it's like God uses the word that he's pouring through me to minister to me and grow me. I'm like, what? I want to encourage you in these areas. Um, let me, let me give you a, a process that we use here just kind of for how we work through ministry of the word, all right? Specifically ministry of the word. I think they've got a chart here and we'll be done. So at our church, our, our mission, what we're about, if, you, if you're new here, we have one goal. It's not to have the best programs in the world. It's not to have the coolest activities. I'm not saying that's bad for a church to have, but we've got a very focused mission here, and that's to develop deeper disciples. And so it centers around the word because it's the word ultimately. We have some uh, outreach opportunities, and we have different ones, and not all of you are going to be involved in all the same outreach opportunities. That's okay. Find one that fits your passion. Find one that fits your ability. Find somebody that you can serve and you can love on. But then find someone who's faithful you can pour the word into. And here's what we have. We've put together three spiritual formation primers. And they have, they, they have to do with your three relationships. We have one that deals with your relationship with God. We call it commitment to Christ. We have our second one that deals with your relationship to your church family. That's your commitment to church. And the third one is all about your relationship to those outside our walls. The world. 
That is ministry of service and ministry of the word. And it's all about those two things. All right? And so what we do here is we encourage every, this, get this, every single person in our church, we encourage them to go through this. Everyone. And we, we, take, we have taken hundreds of people through these. Every person. We, I, I, I've taken people who've been believers for 30 years. And we, we go through these. It's, it's a method that we've used to consistently and methodologically and regularly, formally get the word into people's lives. And as we go through it, then we spend time with them and we'll spend time at restaurants. We'll go out to eat and we'll do things together and, and live life together, get to know them as we're going through the word with these folks. But here's the deal. Once we get through it, we don't like wipe our hands and be like, okay, we, huh, I'm ready to go. No, the reason we take folks through it is so then you can start taking people through it. So right during the middle service, I, we preached this early service, and I had somebody come up to me that I had discipled last year. We'd, I'd take them through these and poured my life into them, spent time with them, got to know them, and uh, we, we went through this, and they, they came in afterwards, and they were telling me. They, they said, hey, come here. They, they named some folks' names that were in the first service. They said, come here. They said, we just finished taking them through the discipleship, spiritual formation journey this week. We finished it up. I had just discipled them a year ago. Now they're finding somebody, and I'll tell you this, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. These people were so nervous when I was lovingly just kind of challenging, hey, I think you can do this. I said, I don't know if I am. And man, today they were on cloud nine. They were like, I was like, was it really that bad? They're like, no, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was, it was such a help, it encouraged me so much. And they were so thrilled. I don't care about the curriculum you use. I don't care about all that. Here's a method that if it helps you, take it. If there's another thing, another way you want to go methodically and daily, work somebody through the word, you do it your way. I don't care which way you do it, just let's do it. Here's a way that we've used. In fact, this year, Pastor Nick is working on something that we will hope will help you with this. So here's what we're doing. Typically, this is just done one-on-one. Typically, this is just something that we'll do in people's houses. We do at coffee shops. We're just always doing it. This is what our church, if you're like, what does our church do around here? Like 90% of what our church does is this. This. We just ministry of the word. All of us trying to just involve the ministry of the word. You say, what about all the ministry? What about the programs? What about the events? We just don't do a lot of that. This. Going to the world, teaching them to observe all things. That's what we do. It's, what, it's our mission. There's other churches that do other things. Praise God for them. This is, what, this, this is what we're about. They came up today and they were so excited. Both families were so excited. They were encouraged. They're going through it. The guy told me, he said, hey, we're ready to go. We're ready to take somebody through now. We, we, we want to teach. Oh, man, they were just so excited about it. They were so thrilled. So one of the things we're doing this year is maybe it doesn't work and you don't want to go. We want to give an opportunity for you to do this on training wheels, I guess. And so in a couple of weeks, we're, we're going to do, uh, once a week, we're going to meet together as a group. We're going to go through some of this discipleship material. We want to encourage some of you to come and just take it in. And then for a couple of minutes at the end, we'll just pair you up with somebody else. If you feel like you want somebody else who will mentor you, we've got lots of people who will be your mentor, be a coach for you to help you walk through it and stuff like that. But we want to give you a regular time to work through this. If, you, if you're a member or a regular attender of this church and you've never done this, I, wanna, I want to urge you to this year, make it a priority to work through this. It'll help us all just get in one mind and one heart. And maybe those of you who are already taking some folks through, would you help us with taking some more through? Meeting together once a week, we're gonna do this, six weeks. Uh, some of you remember, how many of you were here? A few of you were here, I won't make you raise your hand, and you went through one of these a couple months ago. We're just gonna do this every couple months, taking several weeks 
finding a day, we get all together at the end, we'll split up, talk about it, and we'll do, we'll do this thing on training wheels. If you're here and you've not, if you've not gone through this, I just, I'm going to be calling you. I'm going to send you letters this year because I, I want every person to be growing in ministry of the word. Not just taking in, but learning and, and teaching them to observe all things. And one of the things I want to inter- teach you how to observe is to teach others also. This is key. So, so important. We have, you say, where would I find somebody who, who I could take the word through? Can I say this? We have so many people here in this building, in our church, some who are not here today, who are desperately looking for somebody to take them through. And if you've been saved for 10 years or 15 years or 20 years, please, please, please. Would you prayerfully consider being involved in ministry of the word? It will grow you, I promise. It'll stretch you. It won't always be comfortable, but we're there for you. We'll coach you. And if you want to just do it in, in, a, in a setting where we're going to be right there with you, if there's any questions that get asked and you don't know what they are, we're going to be right there. Hey, we'll, we'll jump in. We'll, we'll coach you through this process. We'll mentor you through this process. We'll be right there with you to encourage you. We want to help. That's my job as a pastor. My job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry of the word. That's what the Bible tells me to do. That I, It's not my job to do all the ministry of the word. It's to equip you to do ministry of the word too. And I'm going to. I want to equip you. We want to we coach you and mentor you so that you can teach others also. And so we're going to do this this year and I want you to be aware of it. Inside your service program, there's a card. Why don't you pull that out real quick? And I want you to check on there whether or not you would commit this year to be involved in maybe one of these six weeks, or maybe you just say, I can't meet at a regular time, but on Tuesdays at two o'clock, I could meet for 30 minutes, and I could go through some of this if somebody's open to mentoring me or to work through some of this with me, and we will make this work any time in your schedule. You say, Pastor, I can only do it at two in the morning on Thursdays. I will be there, and I mean it, because this is so important to me. We will make this happen. Why? Because that's, it's, it's my primary responsibility. It's to equip you to do this work. Ministry of the word. And look at that. There's a place to check on there if you would like somebody to mentor you through some of this. Or if you feel like I've been through it, but I'm, I'm ready to mentor somebody else. Or maybe you're like, I've been through it, but I want to be mentored through it again. That's fine. Whatever it is, you, you put that on you. And we want to encourage you in this process. Let me end with this and we'll be done. Maybe the reason that the church in America is not urgently making disciples like it did in the first century is because we've missed what it means to be a disciple. We've missed what it means to be a disciple. A believer is anybody who's put their faith and trust in Christ. You're a believer, you're saved, you're a Christian. Awesome. But a disciple is something else. A disciple is someone who's discipling, pouring the word regularly, methodically, systematically, teaching somebody so that they can then teach someone else also to observe all things. And so if you want to know what our vision here at the church is, it's, it's, it's simple. Glorify Christ and allow his word to change lives. How do we do that? What's our mission? Develop deeper disciples. I want to prayerfully consider, encourage you to join us this year on this spiritual growth journey.
We love you. We're for you. God's done so much. Let's just go and make an impact on this community with the one thing that can ultimately change hearts, and that's the word, the word of God. We'll help. We'll get you resources. We'll get you trained. We'll get you coached. We'll do it with you for the first time. But if you'll surrender and say, by God's grace, this year I'm going to step into ministry of the word. Ministry of the word. Shall we? Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by the teaching and preaching ministry of the Ambassador Baptist Church. If this message was a blessing to you, please consider leaving us a review or sharing the message on social media. Thanks once again for tuning in.